If you'd like to learn more about the Texas Radio Theater Company, be sure to log on to www.texasradiotheater.com. Just a few notes before we get underway. First of all, on October 15th, just two days ago, the Texas Radio Theater Company marked the 8th anniversary of its first performance. We performed a play called Domingo Siete at a Barnes & Noble in North Richland Hills, Texas, in cooperation with the Tarrant Airy Guild of Storytellers. Unfortunately, no recordings exist of that performance, but I assure you it was both a first and and wonderful. All the uh, the actors who were involved in that, and we had live musicians, were phenomenal. It was uh, it was it basically uh, gave us the the incentive and the and the rush to continue to do this for uh, for it was now become eight years, and uh, we don't have a recording of that unfortunately, but we do have this our latest set of recordings that we recorded at the Arlington Museum of Art on May 30th, 2009. This is a recreation of a lost old-time radio episode, as you will hear described for you right now. Syndrome Johnny is an episode of Tales of Tomorrow, a sci-fi series that aired on ABC Radio in 1953. There were only 15 programs in the series, and of those, only six original recordings survive. Tonight's recreation is one of the lost episodes. Tales of Tomorrow, tales beyond human imagination, until they happen. Tales of Tomorrow, Syndrome Johnny, by Charles Dye. This is your host, Omenter, saying hello. Question, can I predict the future? Answer, no. I make no prognostications. I tell my remarkable tales only because I've been into the future. And on my journeys, I've noticed one thing. History repeats itself. With variations, of course. This story tonight is a repetition, in a way, when you recall the great plagues of the Middle Ages. They had the Black Death, then. In my tale of tomorrow, however, it's the Syndrome Plague. There's a difference in that the syndrome plague was not spread by vermin or animals, but by a very well-kept human being. There are other differences, as you'll see. As you'd know if you read in Galaxy Magazine the story called Syndrome Johnny. Headquarters, Federated States of America, 2090 A.D. In this nerve center of the Western Hemisphere, all is normal, except the blood pressure of Helen McVeigh, who heads the Office of Health Control. McVeigh is scanning the latest newspaper editorials concerning her organization, and, to put it mildly, she's fit to be tied. In a case like this, the first person to enter the office is the one to take the blast. It was Julio Camba, a special investigator for the department. Helen, here's the report on Tell me the meaning of this, Julio. Meaning? Meaning of what? The newspapers climbing up my back, every one of them. They've taken the story that came out of Peru and blown it up to bursting. Well, this would be the story from Lima. That syndrome Johnny was seen down there. Seen and nearly caught, so it says. The papers are demanding I take action. Find this man. Wipe out the possibility of another plague. Blasted Julio. Syndrome Johnny is a myth. Has been for a hundred years. How the deuce do they expect me to track down a myth? <clears throat> Excuse me, Helen. 
Perhaps we'd better glance at this report from Mass Phenomena before discussing it further. What's Mass Phenomena got to do with it? I'm being crucified, man. I fear the papers are too hasty, jumping at conclusions. However, please, have a look at this chart. I never could understand these graphs. It simply represents the entire file on Syndrome Johnny. Every report that's come through in the last century, he has been seen supposedly in the four corners of the Earth. But nobody has ever really seen him. It's the sort of thing that would naturally be induced by fear. So it has always been felt. But apparently someone in the mass phenomena has glanced through the file recently. Look at this line on the graph. Description? Always there have been descriptions of Syndrome Johnny. Now, it suddenly develops that each description has a remarkable similarity to all the others. Let me see that. A solid-looking man, unusual number of minor scars, a disturbing habit of breaking his fingers at the first joint knuckles when he is thinking. Call it coincidence, but there are perhaps 20 such reports. It becomes too many. I agree with you, Julio. There's a chance we've been passing up a crime. A rather extensive crime, when you consider that over 50 million people have died. And we cannot overlook the one positive thing in connection with the history of the plague. It was started by one man. One man who sold a pint of his blood to a hospital. One man who carried death in his veins. We must remember, also, that there have been three separate epidemics in these hundred years. All of a similar nature, but each one having different symptoms. You could almost say that these three plagues have followed a plan. Oh, I've long since learned to describe nothing as impossible, Julio. Now, what is there to go on in this report from Peru? A thumbprint taken from the hotel register. I wonder, could we persuade the Bureau of Records to give us their data on that print? Without a warrant? It's against constitutional immunity. Perhaps we could persuade an obliging judge? The same newspapers screaming for Syndrome Johnny's capture would be on our necks in a minute. It would have to be proved that this man committed a crime. No crime. Therefore, no warrant on that fingerprint. Well, then a crime will have to be manufactured. A crime of what nature? If the man was almost captured, as reported, he must have defended himself. Someone must have been hurt in the process. A reasonable assumption. You will go down there, Julio, and persuade one of the mob to swear out a complaint of assault. No, it shouldn't be too difficult. Believing this man to be Syndrome Johnny as they do, I could probably get an affidavit of witchcraft. Assault will do. Armed with that, you will check the records accompanying the thumbprint, then proceed to find the owner of same. (sighs) Is this an assignment or a career? There hasn't been an episode of the Syndrome Plague for 30 years. If one man is behind it, following a definite plan, we should be about due for another one. This could be an errand of mercy, Julio, to save the lives of another 20 million people. The people of the world were all too familiar with the history of the last century. They were not only expecting another worldwide epidemic at any time, each family was pathetically trying to think of some way to protect itself against the scourge. Even as the previous conversation was taking place in Federation headquarters, a husband and wife were sitting down to breakfast in a small Peruvian city. It's a safe bet that the discussion between Nita and Ricardo Alcala was being duplicated daily throughout the world. Will there be another epidemic, Rick? Hmm? Epidemic? Every day I read that one is expected momentarily. Syndrome plague, you mean, Nita? What else could make everyone so afraid? Hmm? I don't think there would be another. Why don't you think so? Hmm? It's only that there has been nothing for years. 
I think the plague has run its course. Three decades passed between the second and third epidemics. Please, darling, stop worrying. And I will have some more coffee, if you don't mind. Of course. When people all over the world talk constantly of the epidemic that is sure to come. You must not be disturbed by idle talk. It is based only on the fact that the first three occurred about 30 years apart. There is no reason in the world to suspect another one is due. I was thinking about Alicia. (sighs) I'm sorry I shouted, darling. She is too frail. The sanitarium will make her well again. If there is time, perhaps. There will be time. We must also send you there for a while. It is really you who needs building up. And you also, Rick. It seems that no one is really well anymore. Ah, you are reading too much. Too much of this speculation about... Rick, why don't you find a cure? I am to find a cure for syndrome plague? You spend your life in research. What could be more worthwhile? Better brains than mine have been tackling the problem for decades. I'd have little hope of adding anything at this late stage. But there is always the chance, Rick. I can be more useful in my experiments with silicon, darling. The plagues have opened up a whole new catalog of diseases, most of them based on silicon deficiency. Let me find the cure for them, and I'll be satisfied. If you will only think of Alicia. Good morning. Good morning, Dell. Are you ready for an early start in the lab? Well, you know how it is when you get onto something, Rick. You hate to waste time sleeping. Some coffee, Dell. No, thanks, Needham. Just looked in to say hello. No, why don't you find a cure for syndrome plague, hmm? I'm only a biochemist, not a miracle man. Good heavens. Isn't there anyone in the world qualified to do research on this horrible disease? It's generally agreed there is no cure. There's a cure for any virus, if the virus can only be isolated. Yes, but here we have, apparently, a virus catalyst of high affinity for the cells, high similarity, normal cell protein, I mean... How shall that be isolated? I don't know. I I don't know. But it must be or we will all perish. Not all. Some will live. And those who do will be better, more durable human beings. Will you be working late in the lab today, Rick? Yes, I don't think we'll get in each other's way. I promise to be quiet. Uh, See you upstairs. I'm sorry, Rick. I do not like that man. He's hard to know, Nita. He's been using your lab now for many months, and I've tried to know him and like him, for your sake. Now I tell you, it's impossible. But it's just his manner. He's not a social type. It's more than his manner, believe me. I'm afraid you can't do any more about Dell than you can about syndrome plague, Nita. The man is a genius, and I like him. He'll use my lab as long as he likes. I didn't mean to quarrel about it, Rick. I'm uneasy, I guess, about everything. You're not looking too well, either. I'm all right. (laughs) You'll say that as long as you can walk. We've got to build you up, darling, before the next epidemic. It's taken you long enough. He's had a lengthy career, this man. There. The complete history of Syndrome Johnny. The man who may be Syndrome Johnny. I'm sure of it. That folder. It's big enough to be the complete works of Shakespeare. He's been a very busy fellow, as you'll see. Two questions, Julio. First, 
How will you prove our case? I'm not yet certain. Well, a test of his blood will reveal nothing. No trace of the virus has ever been found. But his habits are well defined. He has spent years of preparation for each epidemic. If I'm lucky, I will catch him with the end product of his experiments. I pray that luck rides with you. Now, what's your plan? He has remained somewhere in Peru. With his thumbprint and description, I'll be able to trace him. And you leave? Today. You have the authority to spend whatever fund you need, Julio. Do anything your discretion dictates, but be careful. He's dangerous if this is our man. We want Syndrome Johnny, and I don't care if he comes back under his own power or not. milligrams to the liter at 100 degrees centigrade, saturation point. Uh, Now, where do we go? Oh, try it! You uh, having a bad day, Rick? I can't focus, Del. Well, some days are good to take off. You know, the mind becomes overworked, refuses to function. It's not that. This other thing keeps coming into my head about Alicia and Nita. Something they've done? No, just their general condition. They're sick, Del. Both of them. Uh, There seems to be nothing basically wrong with them. It's a matter of adjustment. I know that. There's reduced absorption of food. Leaves them weak. Resistance lowered. Yeah, well, that's not fatal. No, not in itself. Expose them to a killing disease, though, and they'd be gone overnight. Mm. You're the doctor, Rick. Mm. Haven't you got something to pull them up? No, nothing has worked so far. I'm sure I'll hit the combination in time, but... Yes... What will I do if the rumors are true, if the plague hits? (laughs) I've heard you telling Nita there wouldn't be another epidemic. Well, I've only tried to stop her from worrying. You know that. I know. Well, then you you recognize their troubles as after-effects of the last plague. Of course. Nita's mother had it and recovered, but not entirely. My father had it and appeared to recover completely. Yet here are the after-effects in both myself and Nita... And multiplied, if anything, in our daughter. Hmm. How unfortunate. Some were able to adjust to the disease and become even healthier than before. But time, time, it takes time. And what if the fourth plague strikes before I'm ready? You might try to isolate your family entirely. That's impossible. Well, then you, you must work to come up with answers to your research before the plague strikes. Not a very happy prospect, is it? Well, I'll be glad to give you any help I can, Rick. Oh, you can't do anything. It would take me a year just to brief you on what I've done, and you've got your own work. Uh, I'm going to take an hour's rest. This uh, is your night at the hospital, not so? Yes, and if I don't get my nerves unknotted, they'll be putting me to bed over there. Yeah, then get your rest. I'll, uh, I'll go on working here this evening, if you, if you don't mind, Rick. No, not at all. Uh, it sounds as though you've hit the right track and are pounding for the finish. Well, looks that way. I'll know tonight. Good. I'm glad somebody is getting results. Alcala speaking. Dr. Alcala. Yes, who is this? The name is Kamba, Federation investigator on a health case. 
I would like to consult with you. Well, I'm on duty at the hospital right now. My deepest apologies for interrupting your work. However, this is quite important and I would like to see you, tonight if possible. I'm off duty in a half an hour. Perhaps we can have a little supper. Name the place. I found a cantina at the head of Simone Boulevard Street. You know the one? I know. Meet you there in half. Uh, Better make it 45 minutes. Very good, Doctor. I will have a table. Now what does a Federation investigator want with me? Order what you choose, senor. We're on my expense account. The entire resources of the Federation States of the Americas stand behind your menu. (laughs) I wouldn't want to build up the national debt. Not at all. We're only too happy to express our gratitude by adding a touch of luxury to the self-sacrificing life of a scientist. You shame me. However, I'm a literal sort of fellow, and I will take you at your word. Uh, You may order me a steak. Good. Amigo, two steaks, large and thick. Also a bottle of your excellent wine. Of course, I'm curious to know what you want from me, Senor Camba. I won't keep you guessing, Doctor. Do you know John Osborne Drake? 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 No, I'm sorry. I'll try again. Perhaps you know John Delgados. Why, yes. How well? well? An associate of mine, a friend. I would like to contact the gentleman. Well, he has an apartment. I've tried to call him several times, and he's not home. Could you tell me where he is? I'm sorry, Senor Camba, but I can't say. On a business trip, I suppose. What do you know of his activities? A biochemist, makes small job lots of chemical compounds, special bug spray for experimental agriculture stations, things like that. Nothing more? Sometimes, when he gets a little money, he does research. Of what sort? High-ion colloidal suspensions and complex synthesis. We haven't discussed the exact nature of them. Is he sane? (laughs) Why, of yet, of course. I mean, that is, as far as I know... Would you hand me the water pitcher, please? Oh, there's wine. Oh, you have some capsules to take. Yes. I would not expect a doctor to need pills. I don't need them. They're mixed silicones. I'm guinea-pigging. Can't such things be left to the guinea pigs? Well, guinea pigs have no assimilation of silicones. Only man has that. I should have remembered from your famous papers. The need for trace silicone in the human diet and silicone deficiency diseases. Obviously, you have investigated me carefully. It's my business to know the people I deal with. I believe our steaks approach. Ah, a welcome sight and smell. What is the purpose of your experiment? To determine the safe limits of silicon consumption and see if there are dangers in an overdose. How do you determine that? By dropping dead? Well, you could be right. Even now I'm turning to plastic. I beg your pardon? I'm turning to plastic. We all are, since the plagues. But with the average... The effect is accumulating over generations. My own case is being advanced unnaturally by these silicone experiments. Your devotion to science is admirable. Do these experiments of yours have any relation to Dr. Delgado's work? It's possible, I suppose. Del has watched my work with interest. Exactly what do you wish to know, senor? I could inform you better if you were more frank. We have reason to believe that Delgado's is Syndrome Johnny. (laughs) Del? (laughs) That's preposterous, senor. Syndrome Johnny is a myth. Dr. Alcala, John Delgados is very old, and that is not his proper name. I've traced his life back through older and older records. Argentina, Panama, South South Africa, the United States, China, Canada. Everywhere he has paid his taxes properly, put his fingerprints on file as a good citizen should. 
and he has changed his name every 20 years, applying to the courts with good, honest reasons. Everywhere he has been a laboratory worker, held patents, and sometimes made a great deal of money. And he is 140 years old. But, but other men are that old. Some of those who survived the three plagues have become unusually durable, true. There's no crime in being long-lived, surely. But this man has changed his name five times. That proves nothing. Syndrome Johnny remains a myth. A fragment of mob delirium. Why must he be a myth? It's ridiculous. Why would any man... Go on, Doctor. Why would any man intentionally start those plagues? You obviously haven't investigated the latest scientific research. If you had, you would know it's been recently discovered that syndrome plague is not a disease at all. It's an improvement. An improvement on life? (laughs) Then people have been improved to death by the millions. No, Doctor. You are wrong to shield him in this way. We are stronger. We have changed chemically. The race is improved. Nonsense. It's clear. You're shielding Syndrome Johnny because he's your friend. No. Potentially, we are tremendously stronger. But we of this generation are still weak and ill, as our parents were from the shock of change. We need silicon feeding. We have not yet adjusted. Our illness masks our strength. The disease is silicones, you say? The original name of John Delgados was from was John Osborne Drake. Uh, his father was Osborne Drake, a chemist at Dow Corning, who was sentenced to the electric chair in 1967. The crime, unauthorized experiments resulting in an accidental epidemic and eight deaths. Dow Corning was the first major company in America to manufacture silicones, though not connected with Dr. Drake's illegal experiments. It adds up, doesn't it? It is not a disease. It is a strength. Very well, Doctor. I see further talk is useless. Uh, Lives will be saved in the long run. Individual deaths are not important. That's hardly the philosophy for a doctor, is it? I want no more of this meal. If you'll excuse me, I'll go on home. My copter is outside, Doctor. I'll give you a lift. Well, all right. Thank you. dedicated to saving human lives. How can you find sympathy for a man like Syndrome Johnny? I'm a research man primarily, dedicated to improving the average life. Individuals may sicken and die, but the average lives on. And if the average is better, I'm satisfied. A pleasant philosophy, if you can believe it. Look, I will take my penknife. The blade is razor sharp. I will press the blade as hard as possible against my finger. It would cut off the finger of a normal person. Now, look in the panel light. You will see only the barest scratch on my finger. Now, your hand must be very hard. It has become like a rock. I could crack a heavy plate of cast iron. This silicon feeding has made me that way. Does that prove my point? It proves that only a good and worthy man will cut off his hand for an unworthy friendship. Thank you, senor. I'm afraid I can't ask you in, my, uh, my wife. I understand. Good night. Good night. When I see Delgados, I'll say that you're looking for him. By all means, Doctor. I expect you to.
You've been running, Rick. The feds are after you. They think you're Syndrome Johnny. It's all right. Everything's done. There's the stuff I was after in the metal box. You haven't time for that now, Del. You, you can't sell it. They'd watch for any one of your descriptions selling chemicals. Let me lend you some money. Thanks, I, I won't need it. How close are they to finding me? There's a, there's a copter parked out front. A federal investigator brought me home. Apparently he didn't believe what I told him. What did you tell him? That you were probably away on a business trip. I think he suspects you're right here. One man only? Yes. Well, he, he can't watch both entrances. My own copter is out back. Del. Del. Are, are you Syndrome Johnny? <laughs> I thought you had that figured out. Are you horrified? I... I've wanted to ask you, Del. When did you pick up those scars? I don't know, Rick. You know, truthfully, I've... I've had my brains beaten in so often I can't remember much anymore. Up to 11, everything's all right. But after Dad started to remake me, everything gets fuzzy. After he did what? Well, he had to remake me. Chemically, you know. How else could I spread the change without being changed myself? I couldn't have three generations to adapt to it naturally. Had to be done artificially. You understand. Your father? Your father built you into a carrier of the plague? Oh, yes. He saw the necessity of remaking the human race. Building human bodies into something durable. His work was the only beginning, of course. I've had to go on with the research myself. For example, Dad never thought more than one plague would be necessary. But as things turned out, it's going to take four. Then, then there will be another? There, too late, Rick. I've made it. The catalyst I need is in this metal box. Nothing can stop me. But, Del, do you realize how many millions more will die? I don't think I'll survive it myself. But it is the last step, Rick. And I'll be around long enough to get it going. Those who survive this one, Rick, they'll be nearly perfect. So will their children. A hundred years from now, there'll be little use for a doctor on this earth. Goodbye, Rick. Wish me luck. Good. Goodbye, Del. Aren't you going to stop him? Stop him, Nita? I heard what he said. You can't let him get away from here, Rick. I can't stop him, Nita. Why not? Are you afraid of him? I will call for help. The federal copter is still down in front. He's a scientist and my friend, trying to do something that needs to be done. He's a murderer of untold millions. How can you talk this way? He's working for the future, and the future will thank him. Don't you understand, Nita? He's going to make the human race physically perfect. I understand this. Perhaps within a week, a fourth plague will start and sweep around the world like the others. The living will not be able to bury the dead fast enough. And among the dead will be Dr. Ricardo Alcala, who is not well, and his wife, Nita, who is not well, and his daughter, Alicia, who is a very sick little girl. The name of Alcala will die forever as a weak strain that had no business living in this world of the future, this world of perfect human bodies. Nita, please! I know you won't act for yourself, darling, 
But will you let Alicia die, your beautiful Alicia? Del! Quiet, you fool! Give me that metal box! Are you out of your mind? You can't start another plague, Del! I'll do what I have to do. Out of the way, Rick. I've, I've everything stowed in the copter, and I want to leave before an investigator begins to sniff the wind. You've been my friend, Del. I ask you as a friend, give me that box of death. No. For the better part of 140 years, I've been working towards this end. Are you silly enough to think that I'd let a friendship stand in the way? You are a supposedly intelligent man, Rick. A scientist. You know as well as I do that the end justifies the means. That's what I've tried to tell myself, Del. But I can't make myself believe it. I've never had that trouble. Now get out of the way. I'm going up and out of here in a hurry. Give me that box, Del. Out of the way, I said. Give me that box or I'll have to kill you. <laughs> I've heard that said before. In any event, Dr. Alcala, I will relieve you of the necessity. You may consider yourself under arrest, Delgados. So... A long arm of the government, eh? The doctor's wife was good enough to inform me. You'll never get off the ground in that copter, Delgados. I put the motor beyond repair. I should have known. Well, there's still your helicopter. Oh! I think you've killed him. Perhaps. But I'm afraid the same will happen to you, my friend. If you try to prevent me from taking that Federation copter. I believe you, Del. Your fist is like a rock. Exactly. So stand where you are and everything will be all right. But my fist can also crush a skull, Del. My silicon fist. <laughs> which I developed without starting a plague. Goodbye, Syndrome Johnny. Human perfection will have to wait. That's it. Syndrome Johnny, written by Charles Dye. And now on the newsstands in the pages of Galaxy Magazine. Next week, another extraordinary tale of tomorrow out of Galaxy Magazine entitled The Unimars Plot. This is your host, Omentor. Until next week, my friends, do stay healthy. Tales of Tomorrow. Heard in tonight's play were Larry Groby, Gary Layton, Tiffany Lonsdale-Hands, Kelly Scott, and Rick Spiegel. The original episode aired on February 5, 1953, was produced by ABC in association with George Foley and directed by Warren Somerville. This recreation, directed by Richard Froelich, came to you from the Arlington Museum of Art. This is the Texas Radio Theater Company. The Texas Radio Theater Company, in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art, performs modern audio theater in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you'd like more information about our group, you can log on to our website at texasradiotheater.com, or you can look for us on Facebook. I'm Rich Froelich, and on behalf of our cast and crew, thanks for listening. 